0: We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse to with our product feature of the week. So, Jesse, tell us what you got for us.
1: Hey, Stephen. So this week we are specifically calling all of our international listeners and followers, but of course our U.S. followers too, to join us to help build our directory. So a quick crash course. Our directory is supposed to be the home to all pageant systems, pageant vendors, photographers, MCs any um, any business in the pageant industry you can think of but because we can't always be everywhere We rely on our community to help add the pageants that they love and are involved with So we are asking everyone listening to head on our website and add their favorite pageant or pageant contestant to our directory
0: Okay, what's in it for the contestant? Like why would a contestant? um, add his or her pageant to our database
1: So first, I'll say you have to have a contestant or a profile yourself to do so. And the benefit to that, so I'll start there, is one, it becomes your virtual business card. You can link to your pageant planet profile. It looks really legitimate, very professional. If you're going to send out emails to your pageant director, you can put it in the link in your signature. You can send it out to organizations you want to work with for reference to sponsor. It just is a really great foundational piece for you to have in your arsenal when you're going through your pageant experience. Or if you're a business already, you're a coach, fill that out. You can use that as a sales tool. So that's how you have a personal profile. But how it benefits a contestant to do their pageant profile is it shows initiative to your director because we are the world's largest pageant resource. Um, If your pageant's not on it, like where are you at? Like people got to find your pageant to want to enter it, to learn about it. So if you're a contestant and you search your pageant and you notice that it does not appear in our system, Well, once you sign in, you can really easily add a pageant system on your own. Email the link to your pageant director and say, hey, I noticed we weren't on Pageant Planet. I want to make sure people can learn about us, find us, compete with us. Um, So here's the link. Take a look. Please feel free to claim it on your own. Um, But I thought this was a great start. Just it shows such initiative foresight, really impressive all around.
0: Yeah. And if I'm a director and you're competing in my pageant and you take a first step that I haven't even done to help me market my system, that's going to go a long way, right? I'm going to be like, wow, thank you. Like that's, that really is showing that you're being proactive about the title that you want, which is nice. So no cost to do that. Um, you email the link to your director. She'll do that. She'll he or she will claim it and then we'll approve it within 24 hours and you know and then it'll be all theirs and you will forever kind of get the credit of starting their system out on our system welcome to pageant planets podcast where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing the life of Catriona Gray. So Jesse, set the stage for us.
1: Steven, at Pageant Planet, we've said it a million times, but our mission is – To connect and expand the pageant industry and one of the many ways that we do this is by teaching you how to build your brand our listeners and Katriana Gray has taken her name and committed herself to building a brand all her own to make her one of the most loved Miss Universes of all time and that's really not an exaggeration and she's done this through multiple ways that we constantly write about in our articles that you can read on our website Uh, and most notably she has a love of community service that is changing her country and can point to what is so important, those actionable things that she's done to show this.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, she really is effortless in front of cameras and answers questions with ease and grace. And I feel like she's one of the most naturally fashionable Miss Universes in recent memory and like the people love her. So I mean, we got to instagram comment from hazel md and she said she blooms wherever she's planted and doesn't let the weeds of life strifle her character creativity and purpose all while radiating beauty and positivity to everyone around her and wow i don't know what hazel md does for a living but she should definitely go into like poetry
1: absolutely i was like so like I don't, the imagery was really nice there. I feel calmer hearing that, that uh, comment. But anyway, Katriana's um, full name is Katriana Elisa Magnan Gray, and she was born on January 6, 1994. And on December 17, 2018, a lot of dates here, she was crowned Miss Universe 2018 at the annual Miss Universe pageant and she was crowned um, in as we all know in Thailand where they love their pageantry and I remember correctly if I remember correctly the cheers were like loud and proud for Catriona even though she wasn't at home
0: yeah I well I mean Filipino nation is strong and that's like in the same side of the world so I'm sure she Mm -hmm. had a lot of Filipino fans there and but even if not I feel like Filipinos like shout and celebrate their title holders so loudly that you can hear them, you know, even if they never ever left the country. I mean, they're <laughs> just that passionate. Oh, yeah. So, so see, why don't
1: you tell us about like her upbringing and where she started?
0: Yeah. Well, she was born in Cairns. Uh, it's a city inside Cairns region, uh, which is Queensland, Australia, to a Scottish-born father. His name's Ian Gray um, from Fraserburg and a Filipina mother, um, Normita Ragas um, Magneon, And she is reportedly named after her paternal grandmother, um, Catherine Gray, who immigrated to Western Australia from Scotland in 1952, as well as her maternal grandmother, um, Elsa Magnaia, I'm sorry, Magnaian, and her maternal grandmother from the Philippines.
1: I guess I didn't realize how many different cultures Catriona represented. I mean, we talk about Australia here. We talked about Scotland talk about the philippines i mean she's really an amazing mix of different parts
0: of the world yeah and all those countries are just really friendly and welcoming countries if you've ever been Mm to scotland or australia or philippines it's just like hey i know you're a complete stranger walk all into her house i'll make you a cup of tea or a cup of coffee like i mean everybody's so welcoming so i feel like that's naturally where she gets some of her charisma
1: Yep, and we found an article from the publication BNY Jeans. Um, she is an only child, Katriana, but she like often longed for siblings. And her parents like early on, like the decision was made not to have any more children. Her father actually already had two from previous marriage, um, but her mom like wanted a big family. But instead, her parents worked so hard to make sure that Katriana grew up. Well-rounded with a variety of experiences and talents, so they they did their part despite not having a big family themselves.
0: Yeah, so like for example, she started um, because she she started studying like Taekwondo, which it, there's a part of it. It's chow, child- Quang Do instead of taekwondo and it's a form of martial arts and when she was eight years old and she earned her black belt when she was 12 just like nia sanchez mm-hmm. um a former miss usa so um, according to an interview with abs cbn lifestyle gray says that she was not very sporty or coordinated due to her height standing at five, basically nine and a half, so my height, um, while her height clearly has advantages growing up, um, it was like awkward for her. So she actually said, I was so uncoordinated because I was so tall in school activities like athletics and balls and sports. I just couldn't do it, she admitted. Uh, she said, I feel like, like when we hear from a lot of taller contestants that they were uncomfortable with their height growing up. So hopefully they hear this and they, and they feel heard or seen. Because like yeah. I read a study where if guys hit their maturity, uh, hit their growth spurt first, like in grade school, their actually confidence is higher. Whereas if girls hit it first before the rest of the class and then they happen to be the tallest ones in their class, it has the reversed mm. uh, thing on their confidence, which I thought was an interesting study.
1: Well, if you look at pictures of middle school or high school students, the tallest girl is always slouching. And when I get a client for walking and posing that naturally is taller than most people, they just slump because they're so uncomfortable being so tall in pictures. So we have to kind of reverse teach them that to stand up straight, pull the chest up, the shoulders back, and enjoy it because they're just so uncomfortable in group pictures of people with their peers. So, um, it's so true. I think they're just uncomfortable with owning their bodies. So I, I appreciate that Katriana owned it and she found something that worked for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I don't think it was like, it was just about the coordination. Um, this martial arts, I think it really was the first chance for her to develop competition and motivation because I've heard that she said, that there's this sense of achievement every time she moved up a belt, and she did karate four times a week for four years. It taught her discipline, and when you're young, you sometimes want to stay home and watch TV, like Netflix binge, um, but she just enjoyed karate, and it taught her all about common sense and being aware of your surroundings. So while the coordination certainly helped, it was more like I'm sure she was always pushing to get to the next level. And in four years, I'm not very familiar with how quickly you can rise to the ranks with karate or martial arts or taekwondo. But four years does not sound like a long time to go from being a beginner to an expert.
0: Yeah, I agree. But like she actually got two black belts. So first indicated her level of contemplacy like in the sport. And the second was a gift from her instructor that says Kung Fu Kitty. <laughs> Isn't that funny?
1: So, like a decorative black belt, I guess. Yeah, yeah. nonetheless, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah. Very cute, very cute gesture by sensei. <laughs> sensei,
1: mm-hmm. yes. um So there's a whole like list of really impressive accomplishments that like I had no idea until um Angel, our um, our writer, put together this podcast outline for us. She's a singer. She was the lead of her school's jazz band. She starred in local productions of Miss Saigon, which is one of my favorite musicals. She received a master's certificate in music theory from the online school of Berkeley College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts as well. So, I mean, just a huge resume that I don't think most people can even scratch the surface of knowing that she does all these things.
0: Yeah, it's right down the street from me. I mean, she, wish she would have called me up, said hi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after graduating from high school, that's when her career really started to heat up. And she moved to... Um, is it Milana Man- Manila Manila, okay, Manila, and we should have added this disclaimer. I am horrible at just pronunciation. If you've like listened to the podcast in any length of time, I'm just it's not a skill set, but Jesse and I were talking uh privately and we talked talk about how we read books and whenever there's like a name in a book, I don't even ever stop to try to pronounce it. I'm just like, oh, okay, that name looks crazy, like let's say Russian. And I just skip over it. So, for the whole book, I'll read a novel and I just recognize the person's name, but I never stop once to like try to pronounce it. And, Jesse, you don't move past it until you can learn. Oh,
1: I'm the opposite, I say it out loud. I phonetically I sometimes google it like Hermione Granger and Harry Potter when I found out it was Hermione I was devastated because I was saying Hermione and this is like before Google guys so like give me a break it was before the movie started I was an early adopter with Harry Potter so when I finally saw the movie I was like devastated that I was so wrong I was like so wrong
0: yeah so again it's nothing like I mean I want to be culturally sensitive (laughs) and I want to say it correctly I'm just it's just not my skill set so please like yeah have have uh, a have grace. See. Yeah. And if you want to like vent and you just need to do that, feel free to write me an aggressive email. It's fine. I've probably heard With work.
1: the next feelings, though, With- <laughs> help us grow. Yeah. Help
0: us grow people. <laughs> um, okay. So this is where she worked as a commercial model and, um, And at the age of 18, she was listed in Cosmos magazine, the top model in the Philippines, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, She worked in TV. She worked in commercial, runway modeling for several years, and eventually became a familiar face in endorsements and ads.
1: Yeah. One of the biggest campaigns she's been a part of is, um, Stephen, you might have seen it. It was by Pantene, um, a popular hair care company here in the US. I think it's international as well. Um, But it was hashtag whip it and it was supposed to like combat gender stereotypes. And Katriana can be seen like strutting her signature walk and we'll hear all about that shortly um, in the Pantene Labels Against Women um, event and she provided the vocals for the background music to the commercial.
0: Wow, so cool. What the
1: heck? Uh Um, But like in addition to the crazy, exciting, out of the norm things, like she's done like, you know, like basic runway shows, fashion modeling, not a big deal. (laughs) Um, right, like after you hear that she like does the vocals behind the commercial, and in the commercial you're like, okay, runway shows, pish posh, like whatever.
0: It's like such a, I mean, you can't even like reduce her to triple threat. I mean, there's so many threats there. In America, yeah. we say, wow, they're a, you know, a double threat or a triple threat in terms of sports or whatever. But you can also use it in terms of females that are really well talented. So, I think she- it's
1: what, triple threat is acting, singing, dancing. Yeah, is that like the traditional U.S. triple threat when we think about it in the same sense?
0: Yeah, that that's traditionally spoken like a non-traditional way mm-hmm. is like in basketball, you can shoot a three-pointer, can dunk, and play like really good defense. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like um,
1: Basically but, industry.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely industry specific. So, um, all right, so let's go to like her pretty much unexpected journey to pageants because if you're in America. For the most part, girls compete. I mean, just this is a blanket statement. There's, you know, differences here, but girls compete to get these opportunities. Once you have these opportunities in America, most girls don't come and compete. You know, so there's, there's that Mm -hmm. whole thing too. But, um, Gray's first, pageant was in 1999 she won little miss philippines in sydney australia at the age of five Uh, but she took a break for a while because pageants were not in the top of her priority list and however her perspective changed during one of the toughest periods of her life she was the main breadwinner for her family when her work as a commercial model started um, to dry up with no new projects coming in for a while this period was very difficult for her emotionally and financially so Mm -hmm. she decided to turn to charity work which is like Why that wouldn't be my go to. I'd be like, no, I need to find out a way to make more money. But she is like, oh, okay. I'm experiencing hard times financially. Let yeah. me give back to the like world. That is, I mean, that's an amazing human.
1: Well, I think what's the I mean maybe for Catriona it was like, you know, right now my life seems terrible. And I'm using terrible as a, a filler word. And then she's like, you know what? Let me Remind myself that life is not so terrible. maybe that was it more perspective purposes, but regardless, um, she found herself on the streets of Tondo, which is a district located in Manila um, in the Philippines and one of the poorest neighborhoods in the country's capital city. Um, and in modern times, like slums have really developed in Tondo along the Pasig River, authorities have like sought to improve housing conditions on these areas um, without condoning like squatting. Um, by the slum residents and like in this, back in the seventies, like even the world bank provided funds to improve these conditions, which led to like rent prices and a property boom, which is great for gentrification, but it caused the poor to be even more marginalized. And the slums were upgraded. Um, slums that were upgraded were legalized, but I mean, it's still extremely different. There's a huge population density, more irregular roads, plot patterns, uncontrolled housing, Um, I haven't been here, but I have been to Kabira in Kenya and I am imagining it similar to that where, um, there's just really no infrastructure and there's no way for people to get out of their situation without assistance. Um, so that's my interpretation of it. Um, but ultimately she became a huge vocal advocate for eradicating poverty. She worked with Young Focus Philippines, which is an NGO that provides free education and school sponsorships for children in Tondo, which is huge.
0: Yeah, and this experience led her to forming her own program, which is Pareso, the Bright Beginnings Project. The project is geared towards raising funds for wayward use in the Smoky Mountain landfill in Tondo, Manila. And it was through her friend, Miss World Philippines 2014, Valerie Wegman, that Gray realized the potential of having a platform as large as title holders. Thus, she began to enter pageants in order to further her charitable work.
1: I feel like Stephen, if our podcast had a soundtrack, like Eye of the Tiger from Rocky (laughs) started like to build up like during that paragraph, like it's about to be on.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that this is a beautiful, um, way to view pageantry because pageantry really is a tool. It's a vehicle. It's not Mm -hmm. the end of the road. So you compete in pageants to get you to the next phase of your life. Be it like if you want to open up job opportunities or in this case, like she wanted a crown so that she could do better and more work um and help promote her cause so i think that this is truly something beautiful and when she went into that interview room and she was like oh i want to compete because you know i want to promote my cause and if judges were like yeah okay what have you done with it and then she starts showing all the things that she's already done that
1: Mm -hmm. would have been
0: like a mind-blowing um just experience for those judges
1: Yeah. Cool. So let's, I mean, she started at Miss World Philippines and you said her first pageant was 1999, Little Miss. Mm-hmm. So she was five and now she hasn't competed in a pageant for 17 years. So like this is a big comeback.
0: yeah. <laughs> huge so okay so let's talk about miss world philippines 2016 so as a result in 2016 she entered the sixth annual miss world philippines pageant however her decision to enter the pageant surprised even herself but long story short she won the title of miss world philippines 2016 on october 2nd 2016 the win qualified grade to compete at the miss world pageant her success compounded quickly from here
1: And at Miss World Philippines, not only did she win the title, Stephen, she won Best in Swimsuit, Best in Evening Gown, Best in Fashion Runway, and Best in Talent. (laughs) And not only that, I guess they have a lot of corporate endorsement awards. Um, Miss FIG Image Gateway, Miss Folded and Hung, Miss Hannah Beach Resort. I'm assuming these are sponsors that give like their own awards. But anyway, sweeping so many awards was like a foreshadowing for the good fortune to come, in my opinion. Like she literally a a clean sweep.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that would be, gosh, I don't think anything like that is really, I mean, not in recent history has happened at like the Miss America, you know, because they're the only one national that has talent over here. But um, so, anyways, during the the final question, the answer, um, during the final question and answer round, all the five finalists were asked the same question, like, why would you or why should you be Miss World Philippines 2016? And Katriana, she answered, to be Miss World is to be past a torch that burns with passion and purpose. If I am to become Miss World Philippines, I will dedicate my voice and essence to carry that torch and to set charitable causes alight, such as my personal advocacy. The Pareso Bright Beginnings Project, and I would focus on passing on this torch to empower others because I believe together there is no darkness in the world that our light cannot overcome. What? what? That's a great, amazing
1: poetry school that Hazel went
0: to. (laughs) I think so. That's amazing to think of that on the spot on stage, and they're just like, "Oh, why should you be Miss World Philippines?" That is, um, that's so powerful.
1: Well. I will say, so this is a coaching moment. Um, one area of mentorship I really focus on with our clients is to inject personal connections into every answer that they give. If you remove the one line about Perezo bright beginnings, like, so if you're looking at that answer or hearing it and you remove that sentence, literally anyone could have given this answer, which is like, we don't want, right? But just that one little detail set the answer apart without deviating from the course. So she didn't change the course of the question and to make it something that she's totally in control of. She just like dropped that little nugget in. So it felt personal. They like probably reminded them of something she already had said in the interview and it was consistent. And I'll give a quick analogy about how I talk about this with our clients. And some of our listeners might've heard this before, but I talk about the cupcake analogy when I'm, when I'm coaching our clients. So Steven bear with me and see if it, it makes sense for you. Okay. So if you go to the bakery, and there's two cupcakes side by side, they're both vanilla with vanilla frosting. One is totally plain vanilla, vanilla frosting, nothing else. The one next to it has rainbow sprinkles on top. So not a huge change. They both have the same foundation, the same topping, just the sprinkles are that only extra thing. So if you give an answer that is... Pretty generic, but really, really well done. It's satisfactory. It serves a purpose. The judges will like it. It's the plain vanilla cupcake. Nothing wrong with it. But we want to give the sprinkle answer. It's the details that tie them to you, that connects them with your personality, that gives specifics so they can latch onto and remember it for consistency purposes. Again, you don't need to add three different layers of frosting or different colors or a filling inside of it. We're not trying to make a whole new cupcake. We're just adding to the foundation that you've already built. And a great question. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, completely. Because just like sprinkles, you can never perfectly replicate how sprinkles fall or quantity Mm -hmm. or whatever on cupcake to cupcake. Like that makes that cupcake completely unique. You know, and and your sprinkles, how you answer this question would make your answer completely unique. And for the judges who also heard um, Catriona, her answers in the interview room and heard more about this project... You know, they know that she's living her message. And she probably Mm -hmm. came across so authentic in that moment because that really is her heartbeat. And that's the whole purpose of why she started competing in the first place.
1: And a lot of um, contestants on the national stages that we all watch on like um, on syndication, they get a lot of criticism because they tell the same story question after question. So they're in ultimate control, but they're almost overselling. So I thought this was a perfect blend of giving a great answer and just, again, sprinkle on top of the cupcake. It's one little thing that sets it apart, but it's not like, OK, here we go again. So contestants should be prepared to show the different qualifications of their experience in different ways through the different rounds that don't sound exactly the same every time. And Katriana does that perfectly.
0: Yeah. So how does she end up doing it Miss world? 2016.
1: Yeah, so she went on to compete in Miss World, her first international pageant. She placed in the top five, third runner-up, so not bad for the first time out. Um, And she also won the Multimedia Award, second place in the Talent Award, and was top five for Beauty with a Purpose. So really strong performance, and it definitely gave her a boost of confidence. And I think just like the black belt situation, she was always looking for the next thing. She was ready. So, Stephen, why don't you give us that, that scoop of what was next?
0: All right, so one month after Miss World, on January 8, 2018, Grace submitted her application form at the, it's the Benny Binging Filipinas office at the um, Areneta Center to officially join the 2018 National Pageant, the largest pageant held in the Philippines by far. And the pageant decides the country's represent- representatives for Miss Universe, Miss International, Miss Supernational. Miss Mm. Grand International, Miss Intercontinental, and Miss Globe, MBD.
1: Yeah, this pageant is consistently on our list of best national pageants. I think it might have been one in the last couple of years, Stephen. Does that sound familiar?
0: Yeah. um, It's always right up there. Yeah, it's always right up there. I actually think that it uh, it did win one year because it was – and maybe it was 2018 when it won. But, yeah, I don't have the list memorized. But, yeah, it's always up there.
1: Well, like – not only do they crown six national winners across different systems, which I would actually love to see happen in the U.S., mm-hmm. but besides the point, they also produce a show around the pageant called Road to the Crown, and she appeared with all of her fellow. Vinny Binning contestants talk about their journey to the pageant. And on the show, Katriana appeared before a panel and said that her greatest strength, that she is an empath and she feels for others very deeply. And that's probably tied to her work in Tondo.
0: Yeah, on the show, Miss International Philippines 2017, Um, Marielle De Leon was quoted as saying to Katriana, I really love your confidence in the way you speak, but sometimes it just seems a tiny bit scripted. She followed her comment with a post on social media to discuss her comment during the show. As strong and empowered women, we are open to one another for these healthy discussions, knowing we have the best of intentions for each other.
1: This was the first inkling, I think, of how fierce Catriana's fans are. Like, Beyonce has the Bayhive, <laughs> and I've been trying to think of like a cat reference, like Catriana. But anyway, like, what's a, a horde of cats? Like, that's not a good name for a fan base. But anyway, so I feel like that's like her equivalent of the Bayhive for Beyonce. Like, many of them started bashing and attacking Marielle on social media for her comment. And Catriana responded to the comment and social media attacks by saying, firstly, Any advice from our queens is valuable to us, binny binnies, and I took all of those given to me in a very constructive way. Secondly, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and although at times you may not favor it, it doesn't give a good reason to turn around and try to hurt others through bullying or bashing
0: love that and it Mm -hmm. like i mean it really seems like katriana was acting like a miss universe like long before she was actually one right um Mm -hmm. she always held herself in a very high standard of behavior and i think people notice it too um it was called out specifically by one of our instagram followers about why they admired her so this is comes from it's like mm, jay guiza
1: jay guiza okay that's what i'm saying
0: yeah all right I'll, i'll go with that um It'll be in the show notes so you can see who she is. But she said, um, When I first saw Katriana Gray at the Miss Teen USA and USA pageant, I immediately was drawn to her. She was someone who stood out of the crowd. She was friendly, radiating positivity, and gorgeous. I love that what she stands for and how she's not afraid to voice it. Yet she does that in a most respective way, and I think that... Or I think she's the, all caps, the definition of Miss Universe. Universally relatable on so many different levels.
1: And on March, in March, two months after she signed up to compete, she was crowned Miss Universe Philippines. And once again, in addition to the title, I mean... Is this ever get old? She won best national costume, best <laughs> evening gown, best swimsuit. She also won the Jag Denim Queen and Miss Ever Bellina Cosmetics endorsement awards. And she also won, these are my favorite awards ever,
0: <laughs> she
1: won the Dairy Queens and Pizza Hut's award. Like, can what I? What are
0: those?
1: How do I enter to win the Pizza Hut award?
0: Gosh, I. I don't know. Dairy Queen What comes- dream
1: come true. Like forget Miss Universe Philippines. I mean that would be it for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Make give me the dairy queen does that entitle you to like a lifetime of blizzards? Because can you imagine? I mean, if you have the dairy if you're like Miss Dairy Queen or the Dairy Queen Award, that it should entitle you to maybe at least free blizzards for a year. Of course, I'm, I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm sure as Miss Universe, she doesn't really have to pay for her own blizzards or Pizza Hut when she goes. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> least of her concerns. All right. <laughs> so her win as Miss Universe Philippines made history as she became the first Filipina to represent the country at both the Miss World and Miss Universe pageants, and the second to represent the Philippines in two major international pageants, the first entry being um, Caroline Aguilar, Mm-hmm. um in 2005 and she used her win to continue to promote the organization and young focus philippines she released her music video um posted on youtube on november 25th 2018 we're in this together and gray provided the vocals advocates for peace and unity in helping the impoverished community of tondo
1: and so, as we know, she went on to compete at the 2018 Miss Universe pageant. And prior to the pageant, she was definitely a favorite to to win the crown. Um, I mean, there was so much buzz around her. And a Facebook page titled Miss Philippines on a Gray for the Miss Universe 2018 crown had uh, 90,000 likes and more than 92,000 followers before the pageant. So, like... Okay, so we're campaigning now. Yeah. Um, and during the national costume competition, she wore a gray beaded tribal suit featuring the indigenous tribes of the ancient pagan Filipinos alongside an oversized, par- par- maybe it's parasol, pa- or apparel painted Chinese Christmas lantern pulled by a roller. I'm so to- totally butchering this <laughs> explanation.
0: No, it so it was very ornate. A
1: lantern pulled by a roller, a Christmas lantern, okay and it was accompanied by a pre-christian shamanic dance of the historical babylon paganism oh my gosh that was rough
0: well that anyway that right there i mean if it's that elaborate to explain imagine Mm -hmm. what it looks like right that's the whole thing right so i mean but it was the costume was so crazy i mean it gained both support and criticism which is like beautiful in marketing i mean that's what you want you want Mm -hmm. your marketing to both attract and repel i mean that's like business not it's more like business 202 you know um but anyways due to the perceived difficulty of walking and the failure of the lld leds to function um gray explained the malfunction in a video posted on youtube so good thing for katriana though the national costume doesn't make or break a miss universe so she had some malfunctions there on the elaborate costume.
1: So I just did a quick Google search because I was like, "What did I just say?" and I wanted to see it. And it totally different than what I imagined. Gorgeous, and there were actually Halloween costumes made about her costume to like replicate it. <laughs> I shouldn't know if they were. I shouldn't say Halloween costumes. There were costumes made to replicate it. as a result
0: well send save the link and then i'll put it in the show notes so all of our like listeners can go back and and, like see what the costume looked like
1: Okay. okay um so, yeah, you said it doesn't, like, make or break in Miss Universe. You're absolutely right. And, like, luckily, she did have a secret weapon for her onstage performance. During the preliminary, she wore a Mach golden orange gown. She made headlines for her famous, quote, unquote, lava walk. The walk was so iconic, it made supermodels, including Tyra Banks and Ashley Graham, take notice. And Tyra, I think we posted about this several times because it was such a big story. Tyra even posted on Instagram and Twitter praising the walk. And later interviewed Catriana for V Magazine. So, huge critical acclaim on her presentation. And during the final competition, uh, she made the cut for top 10. And after once again showcasing her lava walk in the swimsuit competition, she showcased another evening gown, this time like a sparkling red number by the same designer, Mak Tumong. Um, and then Tumong posted to Facebook the explanation of the design of the gown. Um, and it was really inspired by Catriona. Steven, did you see what he said? No. Um, so he said today, Catriona is coming home. She's celebrating her roots. She is celebrating Albay the prominent and iconic Mayan volcano is the penultimate inspiration for this creation. It's dubbed the perfect cone because of its symmetrical conical form. Folk tales have it that it was named after the mythological heroine. Oh my gosh. Dara gang, Megayon, beautiful lady, um, is the translation there. And despite its um, so the fact that it's the most active volcano in the Philippines, erupting numerous times in the past half millennium, Catriona can be seen as a modern-day um, beautiful lady, that mythical heroine, and um, she embodies the Filipina's beauty, intelligence, burning passion. This lady is definitely on fire. Watch her erupt before your very eyes. Let the lava of grace, goodness, and hope flow.
0: That wow. is so... Beautiful, And I love the symbolism behind it.
1: Yeah. And it's true. Like when you watch that gown, Stephen, like the liquid beating just sparkled under the stage lights.
0: Yeah, it was gorgeous. When she came down and it had that really high slit. I mean, Renata mm-hmm. and I were both watching like, dang, that's a good dress. Like, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, she killed it.
1: And her iconic ear cuff, if you remember correctly, she had her hair swept to one side mm-hmm. and one ear exposed. Um, so she had a huge ear cuff. She a not huge, she had a large ear cuff. Um, and it was designed by Tessera Jewelry, accompanied the gown. Um, it was a tribute to the three stars and the sun in the Philippine flag. Um, and this is another coaching moment. I want those listening, don't be afraid to make it a look. Because Catriona literally wore one earring. During evening gown. Like most contestants, if they were to be told, like, you're going to walk with one earring, they would literally die. Like, I don't think her performance would have been nearly as iconic if she wore traditional pageant earrings to you.
0: No, no, not. I mean, because it was the whole essence it was the walk, it was the earring, and it mm-hmm. was the dress.
1: Yep. And that said, like she didn't go with a giant feather in her hair or shoes with wings on the back. An ear cuff is a pretty controlled risk. So it's an earring, but it just is more stylized than what we typically see. And we do know pageants always are trying to be more relevant, more fashion forward. The judges usually aren't in the pageant community. So they kind of connect with things they'd see on the red carpet. So take chances that will help you stand out, but in a positive way and that won't detract from your overall presentation. So again, if you want to swoop, swoop your hair on one side and do a huge dramatic ear cuff, go for it. But don't go ahead and do like an earring that has like chiffon tied to the back that's like a whole, um, that could be like an aerial swing. Like just keep it like calculated, be very smart, but don't be afraid to push the envelope. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's... <sighs> you want to stand out and we've we've talked about this in previous episodes and so many people like want to stand out want to be different want to be bold and at the same time it's uncomfortable in that moment when you've stuck out when you've been bold because you're putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and you know if done poorly it can very much work against you you know, I mean, thankfully she had like a famous designer and, you know, she was been in the the entertainment world for a while. So she naturally has a good eye, too. So she had some expert help to help her execute this particular look. However, like but like if you didn't have that and you took a risk and it went bad, like I said, it could go very badly. So use with caution. Right. Like use it. This is where like coaches come in, knowing how to work with a designer, um, it's somebody that you trust and has like that. Reputation, um, yeah. Before, like, basically, just used with caution. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so, in the final um, question on stage, the top three contestants were asked the same question by Steve Harvey, and they were asked, "What is the most important lesson you've learned in your life, and how will you apply it to your time as Miss Universe?" And this is how she answered. She says, "I work a lot in the slums of Tondo, um, Tondo." Um, Manila and the life there is very it's poor and it's very sad I've always taught myself to look for the beauty in it to look in the beauty in the faces of the children and to be grateful and I would bring this aspect as a Miss Universe to see situations with a silver lining And to assess where I could give something, where I could provide something as a spokesperson. And this, I think, if I could also teach people to be grateful, we could have an amazing world where negativity could not grow and foster, and children would have a smile on their faces. And at the end of the night, among the 94 contestants... The most in U.S. U, Miss Universe history. Gray was crowned Miss Universe by an outgoing Miss Universe 2017, Demi Lee, um, which is like we love her of South Africa, and she was Miss South Africa 2018. And Cameron Green was also the um, first runner up.
1: And at the end of the night, like the words of congratulations started like pouring in, including from the Malacanon President presidential palace, um, and even the opposition leader, so you have the palace and then you have the opposition, the oppositional leader, the vice president, um, Lenny Robredo joined in and she wrote on Twitter, with the eyes of the world on you, you chose to highlight your work with the poor and to send a much, I'm getting goosebumps, a much needed message of hope to all. So like her entire country recognized not only that she won Miss Universe, which is a huge accomplishment for a lot of countries. They were allotting more her work, which I thought was really powerful.
0: And people who say pageantry is not relevant. It's like, here's a moment that proves otherwise, like hands down mic drop moment. You know, she's competing in a pageant. She has the microphone. She highlights the poor and world leaders take notice. So, You know, if someone says like your uncle or your neighbor who is working, you know, at some whatever job, right? Not necessarily influencing the world says, ah, it's not relevant, right? Their world perspective is small. It probably doesn't extend much beyond the city, you know, or if a friend says this or some bully or whatever, and they say it's not relevant here, you have world leaders who are watching this universe And then commenting and saying about the impact of it. So, you know, world leaders, people that are in the know, say otherwise. So I just, you know, felt like somebody needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. So she became the fourth Miss Philippines to bring home uh, the Miss Universe crowned after Gloria Diaz in 1969, Margarita Margarita Margarita. Moran in 1973 of course her girl Pia in 2015 and one of our favorite fun facts fans around the world began pointing out um, that with gray's red dress each representative who had won the Miss Universe title uh, title wore an evening gown representing the colors of the country's flag so I mean in America for those of you listening it'd be the equivalent of we had three like national title holders at Miss Universe, and it would be red, white, and blue. But for this, it's Diaz. She wore yellow. Moran, she wore white. Um, Pia, she wore blue. And Gray, she wore red. Like, love that.
1: hmm And to give you more goosebumps, because I'm already there, according to the Washington Post after her crowning, Gray told reporters of a dream her mother had when she was a child. And she said, when I was 13 years old, so she wasn't even competing in pageants, let's remember, like, she was on a hiatus here. Her mother told, my mother told me, I had a dream that you were in Miss Universe and you won in a red dress.
0: Oh my gosh, me too. That's, wow. Power of a mother's prayers. Mm -hmm. So her advocacy. So in addition to her own platform, Gray is advocated or has advocated. Um, for HIV and AIDS education and prevention after losing a close friend to the virus. She supports Love Yourself Philippines, an organization that offers free testing, education, and treatment to those living with HIV and AIDS. And now, as Miss Universe, plans to bring more awareness to the epidemic.
1: She's also a vocal advocate for LGBTQ plus community, posting many messages of love and support on her Instagram during pride month. She received backlash from some of her fans over her support due to her Christian faith. Uh, one follower actually commented, what happened at Katriana Gray about your testimony about your Christianity? Please do not compromise. And she responded, my belief as a Christian does not limit me from fighting for the rights of others. I love my God and love my fellow brothers and sisters. Religion is never an excuse to hate, put down, or act indifferent to the suffering of others. I believe God is love, and I will treat everyone, no matter who they are, to the best of my ability, with love.
0: (laughs) She, yeah. And yeah, I mean, what a great answer, and what an amazing representative for just pageantry as a whole, and specifically Miss Universe. So Catriona is so well-loved, um, she had not one, but two homecoming parades. I mean, okay. It's like, Hey, encore, encore parade. Um, the first was on February 21st spanning. It was from Pasea or Pase, um, uh, Mal- oh, crap, Manila and Makita. So it went from Pase to Manila to Makita, Makiti. Uh, while the second one was on February 23rd around the, um, gosh, Arnetta Center in Cubano. Uh, so both parades were extremely well attended and the perfect opportunity for her to celebrate her win towards their supporters. So basically what I feel like is like the parade started at point A to point C and then stopped because like it was so long and then kind of picked up at like point You know, maybe D, and then went on to hit a different side of it, Mm -hmm. the island.
1: I can't believe you got through all those words. I
0: I was, I, I got embarrassed with me reading, so I feel a little hot now. So no, (laughs) almost there, Steve. Uh, (laughs) Oh, so
1: was like so she had all of those parades, and she was while she was dancing in the Mickey Moto Crown, which is my favorite Miss Universe crown. No big deal. Estimated to be valued at two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's U.S. dollars, um, quarter of a million broke (sighs) and Catriona had to like post a video on the Miss Universe Facebook page about why it broke how it broke I think there are probably people like me like are panicking everywhere but um all in good fun it wasn't on purpose it just happened
0: yeah that's what happens like when you are wearing your crown and you're out that much and you're doing yeah sometimes that happens and that's just kind of the nature of the beast even if it is worth $250,000 um Gray was about six months left in her reign as Miss Universe. She has crowned her successor, Miss Universe Philippines 2019. Um, her name is Gazini Gazz- Christina Jordi Gadanos. Yeah.
1: We have to do less names. Well,
0: next time. yeah, less names. Definitely less, less names. During the pageant, she gave an emotional farewell speech. The transcripts were post- posted on Rappler. In one of the most notable paragraphs, Jesse, go ahead and read what she had to say.
1: I may only be one person, but now I have the opportunity to serve 104 million. Filipinos, and I knew that I was doing this para sa Filipinos, Filipinas. I think that means for the Filipinas. Um, inside each and every one of us is a king or queen with the ability to conquer the universe, whatever that may be for you, but we must first conquer ourselves, Conquers what others perceive of us, and finally conquer with a
0: purpose. Mm. So Gray has taken the title of Miss Universe and built her brand through community service, She has brought attention to issues around the world, impacted millions of lives. In every situation in which she has faced criticism, she has responded peacefully and eloquently. The next Miss Universe has some really big shoes uh, to fill.
1: Oh, yeah. And in summary, to bring it all together, Catarina used her passion for helping others as the common thread to her success. She was blessed with all the physical beauty in the world, but we've seen hundreds of stunners in the industry compete in high level pageants like Miss Universe. And it's how consistent she was about her dedication that allowed her to build a respectable following and sail through the most elite titles. And she used strategic interview control and styling choices that elevated her among the crowd and won over the judges. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you so much for listening and for bearing with us through some of the um, pronunciation challenges. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like really, if you've received any benefit from this show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five star review. Um, It might seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep this show going and it helps us reach additional contestants that might be searching for us on iclouds or stitcher or youtube or any other place so thanks so much want to become a part of pageant history create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world